Hallelujah. Keith, I'm only going to do the first four verses of this. Okay? We're in Mark. We're in the sixth chapter of Mark. Remember that Jesus has started to get a great big following. People know who he is. People want to be around him. People want him to heal them and teach them. He has just sent his disciples out into the world to teach, and he sends them two by two, and they have now started to come back to him and report on what has happened, and they're exhausted, as he must be. But he goes on in Mark to do some healing and teaching and even feeding the 5,000 himself while he sends the disciples away to rest. And the story goes like this in Mark 6, starting at the 30th verse. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a little while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. And as Jesus went ashore... He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
And he began to teach them many things. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Terry McDowell, Ott, and I were in seminary together. She was a year behind me. She went on to live kind of the life I wish I had had. She's married and has two cute little toe-headed kids. Married to a professor, even. She was an associate pastor in a church in South Carolina, the church that started something you may have heard about, the Super Bowl of Caring, where churches provide soup on Super Bowl Sunday for local food pantries. She went on to be the dean of the chapel at Monmouth College, and she has just this week or this month been appointed to be the general editor of Presbyterian Outlook magazine, and she has written brilliantly on this text. And so even though I don't usually do this, and I especially don't do it because we are recorded, um, I'm using her work today because it says so much better than I could what needs to be said. And it starts like this. Anyone else experiencing the great resignation in your church? I read this question and the flood of responses in the PCUSA Leaders Facebook group. A great resignation refers to the surge in people leaving their jobs post-pandemic. A trend predicted by a Texas A&M University management professor. However, the great resignation might also be called the great reassessment. And I'll step out of this for a minute and say, I warned you all that this could happen, that people could be sitting at home during the pandemic and looking around at their lives and their world and wondering what it all means. And one of the ways they're trying to make meaning out of it is by trying to find jobs and work that is meaningful. And so this great resignation may well be called the great reassessment as the pandemic has led people to consider when, how, and for whom they wanted to work. Also, according to the anecdotal evidence of social media feeds, people are just plain burned out. In church circles, our great resignation refers to deacons and elders resigning after a tumultuous and exhausting year of service. And pastors not just leaving their current call, but ministry altogether. And let me step out of this once again and say, current statistics say that in mainline Protestantism, as much as 30% of clergy post-pandemic, are leaving the ministry altogether. This pandemic year has not only burned them out, but disillusioned them to ministry. 
the constant on-call status, the passive-aggressive parishioner, the critical crank, the negotiation of polarized purple communities, the pressure to perform the hectic yet sobering schedule of conducting funeral after funeral while planning both virtual and in-person worship. Exhausted pastors almost feel like they're not serving anyone well, including themselves. In this week's lectionary passage from Mark, Jesus shows his disciples, weary from all the ministry they had been doing in and around Galilee, that he gets it. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Are there any words in all of Scripture that are more welcome to weary disciples. You mean we get to take a break? We get to go away and not talk to anyone? We get to be alone and take naps and just read a book for fun? Maybe just an introvert's idea of paradise. Maybe your idea rests in a packed dance party or a crowded concert where you can let loose and just be yourself. But the point is the same. Jesus gives us permission to take care of ourselves. Jesus' message is not just for disciples or ministry leaders, but for all those who need a break but feel obligated not to take one. Owners of small businesses, teachers, doctors and nurses, patients of all, parents of all small children, you know, those needy little ones who know no boundaries, who will follow you into the bathroom if they want to and need to. Everyone probably struggles with leaving our responsibilities behind. Guilt plagues parents desperate for alone time. Busy professionals fear falling behind and never being able to catch up. And what if we step away and realize we're not as needed as we thought we were? What then will fill our need for purpose? Unfortunately, like many well-laid vacation plans, the disciples' deserted place doesn't stay deserted for very long. Needy people uncover Jesus' plan and his secret hideout. They hurry after him on foot so fast they beat Jesus to his own getaway. Human need is great. So great that human beings can't handle it by themselves, even just for a little while. They are like sheep without a shepherd. 
in this passage, it's important to recognize that Jesus has compassion for all. He acknowledges the disciples' need for a break while also acknowledging the people's need for healing and teaching. In between these lectionary passages for this Sunday, we read how all were fed, shepherds and sheep, with five loaves and two fish. All of us need to be fed. Being honest about our need and being gentle and compassionate with one another during these extraordinary and exhausting times are essential for us to continue in our work. This pandemic has left many of us reeling. But it's okay to say we're not okay. In fact, it's necessary if we are to find our way to healing. And may that be so for all of us this day and evermore. Amen.